The Deal with Yield is a podcast series covering the issues that matter most in crop production. Tune in to episodes on iTunes, My Farm Radio, and thedealwithyield.com. Tweet any question you have for the hosts with the hashtag DealWithYield or email them at host at dealwithyield.com for the chance to hear their response. Welcome back to The Deal with Yield with our hosts, Joel Whipperfirth, Winfield Ag Technology Application Lead, and Kyle Weiner, Winfield Master Agronomy Advisor. Joel and Kyle, I'd like to get your thoughts on the changes that we're seeing in the ag industry. From our standpoint, in a distribution role, we've seen some grower consolidation. Some of the large farms have gotten larger. We've also seen some of the basic manufacturers consolidation go on. You know, the partnerships like Dow and DuPont kind of started off some of the merger mania that's gone on. The six basic manufacturers going down to four. Syngenta being bought out by ChemChina. And when you look at uh, the Chinese buying a Swiss company, and that introduces a whole lot of stuff as we look at introducing new traits and technology to the market where China has typically been a a sticking point for new genetics, new GMO crops coming into the market. So that's an interesting purchase. And obviously, it's some of the most recent ones like Bayer and Monsanto announcing their agreement. I think the synergies affect the growers that we call on every day. I think it affects the retailers. The mergers, it's going to happen. Is larger better always? Not always better. I think it all comes down to is, is it the right thing for the right reasons. If you look at the Dow-DuPont thing, taking those resources and put them together, maybe it would bring new chemistry out. I think that's a great thing for, I mean, we're constantly battling all the time on weed control. The monsanto bear thing, look, if it's an image thing out in the country that people are so dead set against, you know, the Monsanto's of the world or the so-called bad people and this and that, They've had a stigma about the name. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's going to be a good thing. But if it's all done for the right reason and they can bring new chemistries, new traits, new technologies, I mean, they're all really good partners of ours as a distribution company. They're all very valuable. It doesn't really matter what a lot of people think, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. We don't know at this time what the capabilities of all these companies putting together is going to be a good thing. they got the resources now putting together. They can cut back. They can do a lot of stuff as two different companies to come as one and be more efficient and uh, funnel the resources in the same direction. Yeah, I don't think any of the mergers, as you look at them, don't come with some interesting new dynamics of being able to create new things. I look at the Bayer-Monsanto piece. Bayer is really strong in the chemistry and a little bit of genetics, and Monsanto is really strong in genetics and a little bit of chemistry. Bayer being able to bring some of the CRISPR technologies, the CRISPR-Cas9, they were really good at that. But of course, they're applying some of that technology into the human growth side, into the medicine side, beyond agriculture. So some of the same technologies for CRISPR being applied outside our industry they're going to be able to bring back some of that into the ag industry for how they were applying ways of curing cancer and other diseases, being able to apply those technologies back inside. Bayer and Monsanto, as long as the Department of Justice lets that piece go through, would represent about a 25% global market share on seed. And certainly they would have to prove that value to the producers that they can produce a better product and bring innovation to the farmers. I think another thing, too, and this thing that we really need to think about is we live in the United States, and how does it affect us here? But I think we need to really look at it as as a global level. There's starving people in this world, and if we can take the genetics, we can take other stuff, other places that currently do not have that capability and feed more people, 
people aren't going to argue if they're starving and you can bring them food or technology that helps save their life, whether it's a medicine, whether it's food, people just don't. One place where concern always comes up is you go, well, acquisitions mean change. There's differences between mergers and acquisitions. Winfield and United Suppliers went through a merger last year. We brought together two very sizable companies, and we did not bring those companies together trying to eliminate headcount. We had talented resources on both sides, and it was really to build a best-in-class distribution network to help support the owners and retailers. Bayer buying Monsanto, that's an acquisition. ChemChina buying Syngenta, that's an acquisition. And yeah, I can't imagine the Chinese paid $47 billion to keep Syngenta the same. So there's change on the horizon out there. I talk about Bayer and Monsanto going together for $66 billion. $66 billion. That's the largest cash deal any time in the history of open traded companies. The second largest one would have been when the South African company bought Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch. When did we get to the point where our American farmer has enabled a company that's so huge, the largest cash acquisition in the history? A little bit of that comes about because of uh, low interest rates. When you look at these companies trying to produce 12% returns for Wall Street for shareholders, because they all report to Wall Street, and you look at the cost of cash being you know roughly around 3-4%, and Kyle, you talked a lot about no new chemistries and those pipelines going a little bit dry. Sometimes you kind of look at some of these acquisitions as it was the cheapest investment that a company could make was to just buy another company. So the low cost of cash contributed to that. Off-patent molecules and the chemistries coming off-patent put pressure on that. But ultimately, what it means for everybody, it means change. Some change is good, some change is bad, but we'll certainly sort through that. I'm looking forward to some of the synergies that come out of it. How are the Silicon Valley startups impacting ag? You know, I hunt in this space on a daily basis, and some days it wears me out from the amount of people. The barriers to entry for being a tech company are so low. I think about some of the cloud services like Amazon Web Services and Google. You can basically build a really big infrastructure without the overhead cost of people or data housing or really having all that much computing power because it's in the cloud. And so I think there's been really low barriers to entry for getting into ag tech. Ag was prime for the digitization of agriculture. We have developed sensors on tractors to measure engine output and certainly yield, but ag was kind of primed for this space. And, you know, there's one really interesting thing about Silicon Valley. The venture capitalists don't have the same rural knowledge of how to grow a crop like you do as one of the listeners. But one thing for sure is really romantic about where you should invest your money. And if you can invest money in feeding the world, venture capital is going to put money there because it tells a really good story. It's a really good way for people to get behind things. So that's one of the interesting little nuances as I've participated with some of the Silicon Valley companies. They really like to tell the story of feeding the world. And so I think that's where we've seen some of the influence on venture capital's money getting backed into this space. And don't you think, too, though, with Silicon Valley, it's an opportunity to give them knowledge about what really happens in agriculture and on the farm? 
Yeah, and I think you're starting to see that a lot of the startups right now are investing in the food space. And the food space is about being able to close the tracking of food as it comes off the farm and goes through the grocery store. So you've seen a lot of tech startups in that space. And it's not all Silicon Valley. I think that's one of the misnomers. The cloud has moved out of Silicon Valley a little bit. The state of Indiana has some really good startups. There's some cool stuff going on in Washington. Believe it or not, Minneapolis, Minnesota has some really great homes to some big startup companies. So I think it's not all Silicon Valley. It's a global play. There's some European companies that are coming on with some innovative things on being able to look at how you analyze soil. But people have really gotten behind the idea of feeding the world, which has been the mission statement of farmers since day one. Now venture capital likes to be able to tell that story to their investors. And Joel and Kyle, do you have time for a question from the audience? Yeah, sure. All right. This one comes from Commodity Classic from Myron. He asks, how many more major companies do you think will be merging? That's a good question. Merging, you never know who's going to get put together. Outside the box thinking there will be a company probably five, ten years down the road we never even heard of probably. I mean, whether they come out of the blue or it's a startup company, whatever it may be, investments from some other global place might even come in. But I don't know if there's – these ones go through. It's going to be a time to sort out. There's always a training difference there's people trying to get everybody up to speed on what the company's direction and stuff will go so i think these things go through on on these companies and it'll be a little bit of a a learning curve on how they go about business and how it's going to affect anybody else and we'll probably lay low for a little bit i think I think some of the basic manufacturing acquisitions that have gone on, that'll slow down. I think once we get to the big four, that'll stabilize a little bit. When you look at acquiring smaller companies, you see a lot of basics like Syngenta, Monsanto, Dow DuPont. They've got venture capital arms that are out there, and they're acquiring companies. You know, we talk about startups versus big companies. Startups have this unique agility play that when they get acquired by a big company – they lose that agility. So some of the things that you're seeing big companies do is they're doing accelerators or they're doing joint ventures and leaving those agility cultures on the outside of large organizations. You're going to be looking at a company one day and not realize that they're connected in much the same way that John Deere owns Precision Planting now, that those are unlikely acquisitions. You also saw John Deere partner with Sage Insights or create a joint venture called Sage Insights so that they can maintain the agility that the market needs needs to grow without necessarily slowing it down by a big corporate culture. Yeah, John Deere and Hagee would be another good example, too. I don't know if, what they're going to do with the high-clearance regs, but it was a market that they needed to be in, and so they went out and got it. Thanks, Myron, for your question. You've been listening to The Deal with Yield with Joel Whipperfirth, Winfield Ag Technology Application Lead, and Kyle Reiner, Winfield Master Agronomy Advisor. For additional episodes of The Deal with Yield, visit iTunes, My Farm Radio, and thedealwithyield.com. Tweet any question you have for the hosts with the hashtag DealWithYield. 